Hello, and welcome to I'm on my period piece. I'm Lindsay. I'm Molly. And this week we watched the boomer favorite, Young Frankenstein. They went brazy when they this came did. out. They did. Molly has an interesting anecdote from oh. a famous person about seeing sure. this film. I sure do. Um, was this 1975? I think it was four. The 74. Um, upon watching it, I'm not actually convinced it was fully a period piece. You know, I'm I... I'm going to tell myself it was set in the 40s. What, because of the, the train say. scene. Yeah. I had this same internal dialogue yeah. today. I see that same thought visit both, visited both of us. Yes. <laughs> that muse route. came to both homes. Yeah. She swung on in after. Yeah. Um... I I was like I can try to fool myself here. Yeah. And charitably, I think we could call it the forties because yeah. it's like styled after yeah, like, like Bride a, of Frankenstein. Yes. Like that came out like in the forties. Yeah. The only and, thing that made me think otherwise was the um, the classroom at the beginning. I know. It was too diverse. <laughs> it was diverse. That's true. Um, for it to have been in the sorry, not too yeah. diverse for my taste. To be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Too diverse for it to have been set in the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> this would be a hell of a way to learn. You've been on a links and lamb type <laughs> no, beat. Oh, yucky. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, before we start talking about young Frankenstein, should we sync up, bitch? Oh, please. What have you been up to? Nothing. Come Nothing. Um, I did go to, uh, I met some friends at this place very down south called Sagebrush. Okay. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's a honky tonk. Okay. Um, with like, there's two stages inside and one outside. We like, we're just hanging out at the p- kitchen tables, picnic yeah. tables outside. Yeah. But the out, like the yard out back is like the size of a football field. Damn. I don't under, like the, the sheer size of it all. It had me twisted. There is a Huge lot of menu. land down south. There is, yeah. And the whole vibe in there was like, you know, some of the dolls that moved to Austin are kind of LARPing as dazed and confused. Yes. A lot of Many that. of them a are. A lot of dudes. A weird confluence kind of. of the McConaissance was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Austin's growing like crazy. And it's also a moment aesthetically where we're looking at the 70s. And you just yeah. get all that together. I got to stop calling it LARPing because to be honest with you... I like it. Yeah. You know? No, but um, it just, you can tell sometimes when it's maybe not authentic. Like, yeah, and they're kind of like getting in character. Like, yeah. Maybe I'm a rambler, like whatever. Oh. And it's like the kind of dude I know who does that. Isn't that way? You don't want it. Naturally. Yeah. They came from like Katie or Friendswood. Yeah. You know? And not and really what you would call a real rural type of a person. Kind of anxious attachment <laughs> type. <laughs> Five texts at once and then five <laughs> days of silence. Gotcha. Okay. Beat. Okay. That was definitely um, sort of the moment that the gentlemen our age, my age, were in when I moved here in 2010, 2011. They were. They were in a real well, F-boy, doing, as were, it were, type of it, an era. Colorado Western. Yes, Around they that were. time. Yes. With the chucka boots. Mm-hmm. It was all about Pendleton. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a very um, unnecessary suspender yeah yeah um it yep. was very clap and stomp yes very um, very stomp clap bacon yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that was a pretty easy look to sort of buy and yeah, get i think so and uh curate for oneself and therefore those types of boys avoid them that's, Avoid them. That's a really good point because the level of effort here. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get where you're going with that. Yeah. Anyway, 
Saturday, uh, obviously hung with you. Saturday. In the full. Saturday. Yeah, Thank that was you. fun. And, uh, in Georgetown. Um, we hit all of the local boutiques. Yeah. And they had their Saturday market. That was, that was a trip. That was a trip. It was too, too hot outside, though. Hot this so weekend, hot. Bro. It's starting to break. It is. Uh, Do you think we might get a tropical depression come through? Hey, <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> On Thursday. Replace my tropical anxiety, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some tropical serotonin (laughs) in here? (laughs) If it will result in cooler weather. Yeah. I welcome that tropical depression. I, and it seems like it will. Yeah. Um, it started storming last night. Let me tell you. It woke me up. It shook the house. I had, it felt like some spirits were swapped in my home because Hoagie was like dead to the world asleep. No way. Never been chiller. I'm over here like (laughs) shaking with a weird anxiety. Oh no. And it wasn't... Like, okay, it wasn't giving like, I didn't take a gummy. (laughs) Um, Like, well, we just finished Midnight Mass, which was a spooky. Yeah. And and then also, like, Craig had just informed me that we have an attic. Oh. Did you know we have an attic? No, and that would would screw me up. Yeah. That would really send me to a a thought pattern. Someone's probably been living up there for a while. Right, yep. (laughs) <laughs> well, Tom flipped his car. <laughs> well, Tom flipped his car. And, um, anyway. Uh, no, his office was broken into. His office was broken into. <laughs> <laughs> and he had his eye surgery. And yeah, I need to memorize that. It's so good. It's Erica Jane, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I was like a shaky little girl last I hate night. That for you. Couldn't handle it. I put on this like uh, sleep hypnosis mm-hmm. podcast thing where mm-hmm. it's like gonna read you like a Gaelic fairy tale. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you know, I listened to the one on Sleepy Hollow, which also was like, did I choose violence against why myself? Is that a, why is that a sleep hypnosis? I just thought maybe it had a little pepper to the situation. Yikes. And sure as shit, dreams were not that pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you give, the new radicals are right. <laughs> Man, wow, I'm not sure I would have made that particular choice, but you know, sometimes I'm Monday morning quarterback, and yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were there, you would have known, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway, that's kind of it for me. We've just been watching The Sopranos, love that. Um, you're getting close to the end, yeah. We're on the final season, and so dad was wrong, they didn't take two years off between 6A and 6B, they Uh took two years off between five and six. Gotcha. So it is kind of wild the jump from 2004 to 2006. Like, it feels like those are very different cultures. That's right, yeah. We watched it in 2007, is that right? I think we started in 2006 because that was when we went to Mallorca. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I thought we watched the final season live, right? Uh, Not live, but like on the d- on the DVR. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Anyways, um, did you ask what I've been up to? I, I don't did. Know. Well, oh. I think I. Who knows? I know you meant to spiritually, whether you did verbally I was, or not. I was looking at you, and I'm ready to practice my active listening. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, as you said, all got together on uh, Saturday. Parker and I went to take my rings to the jeweler because, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but my fingers have been attacked. Hmm. I feel very attacked <laughs> um, by the nickel content of the white gold rings 
that Parker gave me when we got married and engaged. I think it's good that you're bringing awareness to this issue because it sounds like it affects a lot of women. Many, many people. Yes, 30% of women and only like 8% of men have a nickel allergy. And it often doesn't show up until later in life. And once you have it, you always have it. And um, This is a dumb question, but like would handling... The coins. Yes. Yeah, so they an said issue? the way that you can test to see if you have a nickel allergy is to tape a nickel, like a five cent piece on your arm for like a day or two or just, a, I guess, a couple of hours maybe. And then, but you'll have a rash there in a day or two if you're allergic. Can you imagine like yeah. having to go into the office like that for two days? I know. Just carrying on with like, a nickel I just got a nickel taped to, tape to my arm. Don't worry about it. Like I would do that with a, I don't, I don't suspect that I have a nickel allergy, but I think just out of plum curiosity, I would yeah, do that. Just, I mean, it's good to know. I might do that. But um, yeah, apparently like white gold itself is too, um, I think it's like too soft to maintain its shape. So they use nickel to harden it and to help like reinforce the white color. And uh, the nickel salts can rise to the surface of gold within like 10 years. And that's where we are. So mm. anyways, we were going to see if they could set it in platinum for me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our <laughs> table is <laughs> getting broken. stronger. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And then so that was, you know, I'm just like, give me a call, Stephen. What's not <laughs> clicking, Stephen? I've been waiting for them to call me and give me a, um, a quote, an estimate. Because I'm like. I have no concept. Like, that could be, I don't know, two grand. It could be 10 grand. It could be $500. I don't know how much. Whoa, yeah. To set. Have you Googled it? Yeah, you can't get it. It's like, it just all depends, girl. Oh my God. <laughs> but I guess you're dealing in like such small I hate quantities. That kind of bitchy result. <laughs> I do too. You're like, They're like, I need a straight answer <laughs> gun to your face. <laughs> like, as you might remember, rings have different sizes, girl. On the one hand, come see. And on the other <laughs> hand, come saw, girl. Oh no. So yeah, that was extremely unhelpful. Um, but yeah, then you and mom and I went shopping uh, in Georgetown and we found this place. Got to talk about the deal I got. Oh, you this have deal to talk I got. about the deal you got. We found this adorable kid store that my mom and I have been looking for in Georgetown for like a while because it's kind of an unusual location. Yeah. Like you, it's off it's the like, street a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not quite on their downtown. Um, but I had, I guess, been following them on Instagram for a while and realized that they had a store in Georgetown. And I was like, oh, we should swing by. It's this place called June and January. And they had um, really cute, like, it was just so well curated. Like, all these, like, sweet little baby clothes. They had, like, I don't know if you saw the linen ring slings, like the chic baby carriers type things. I don't think I did. Um, really cute wooden kitchen stuff for toddlers. That shit's adorable. It was so cute. But they had these grab bags of, like, sale stuff. And it was like, you get like eight to ten things. Are you laughing at me because I turned away to burp? Oh, you burped, but then you also looked viscerally <laughs> disgusted with yourself. Did I look disgusted? You did. Wow. I need to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Heal that a little bit. <laughs> Humanity, people burp, girl. It's okay. Anyways, um, these grab bags... Um, it was $20 for like, I don't know, eight to 10 items. So of course I had to get one. I was going to try to get one for both my girls, but they only had one for my youngest. And so I opened it in the car and it was like four or five dresses. I think it was four dresses, a pair of pajamas, um, a swimsuit, a pair of sunglasses, this little like patent leather strawberry purse. I can't remember, but it was, oh, a scrunchie that matched one of the dresses. It was such a good deal. And now I'm like, I got to get that for like every friend of mine. 
Oh yeah. You know, like when I'm up there, like, let me text my girls. What size are your girls wearing? I'm just going to get you a little bag. Dude. You know, that is because at that rate, it's like, even if it's just stuff that they wear when they paint on them at that point, it's like, I paid $3 for this dress, you know? Yeah. But they were cute. Type of thing that like, I remember mom and her friends doing. Yeah. You like, know, hey, oh, I found the deal. I well, found I'm the deal. There. I'm just going to go ahead and get it for you well, while I'm, I'm here. I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. You can return it later if you want. Did you ever think you'd be that old? No. No, I didn't. But it's cute. <laughs> I like it. It's I enjoy being look. here. I remember me and Aaron would often show up at school um, having similar items or sometimes even wearing the same similar item because mm-hmm. our moms had been shopping at the same time. Listen, women really did be shopping. Yeah. They'd find a, a deal at Gap. It was just, that's too good a deal. Both of them had to get it for us. Oh, yeah. And we didn't compare notes like fools. The bush years sound like a dream when you talk about them Did you end up watching American Dreams a few weeks back? I, you know, I didn't. Okay. I watched Vice and W instead. Oh, okay. Well, wow. I'm, I can tell you things about Afghanistan now. Yeah. I know some things. Yeah. You really, man, that was a funny little phase you went through a few weeks back. I pick a topic. I don't care how sexy it is. It's my life for two weeks. <laughs> it's a very Gemini trait, actually. It kind of is. Like, okay, when I read that, like, 500-page book on Columbine a few years ago, it was Yeah. Like, oh, you and I both read ring that. Ring-a-ding, a-ding-ding. I have Columbine facts. And, yeah, truly. I'm just talking about it all the time. <laughs> Dude, I would, like, fabricate um, a way to bring it up. <laughs> well, it's funny you it's talk about it. gruesome twosome. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you about no, the deadly dyad. I <laughs> that book because was I would always compelling. talk about the deadly dyad. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's good shit. That book was so compelling. You know another uh, thing I know maybe a bit too much about, but also not enough. What? Uh, the Manson murders. You do. Yeah. yeah. That has been your thing for a real grip. I feel like it's their archetypes for me now. Like, I, I see it on a story, I know what you're going for. I haven't, um, I haven't fallen into a little rabbit hole of one kind of book recently. Like, I used to, you know, I used to be very into, like, historical biographies. Yeah. Like, I listened to that whole Marie Antoinette one, the Antonia Fraser one. Mm-hmm. That ruled. Um, but that was, like, 20 hours of audiobook on CDs. That was a commit. That was a commitment. And I used to love reading about the Tudors. I even, like, give that a try ha- again. Open a horrible histories. See oh, how yeah. that hits you. Yeah. Oh, well, I, oh, I didn't mention. Maybe I did. I don't think I have. I just discovered another podcast. I think I, no, I wouldn't have talked about it on the pod yet. Um, that is called Bad Women, the Ripper Story Retold. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you about this? Yes. So... I am, Jack the Ripper is like, unfortunately, one of the, I guess it's like your Manson. I just find it fascinating. You do. And he is your guy. I mean, he's so gross. And apparently like Ripperologists are just, I'm sure this is the true, the truth about like any deep niche, but Mm -hmm. they're very like, um, rude, likely to be male, often kind of misogynistic in their tones and their posts and stuff. Well, just annoying. Yeah. Type beat. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the woman that's doing this podcast wrote a book called The Five and it's about the five canonical Jack the Ripper murder victims. But, um, there are like two or three women that like, after the fact, they were like, that could have been an early one before he like perfected his calling card or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this woman 
talks in the first episode about like why she's doing this project because she's like um, anytime I've participated in like ripperology message boards or whatever I've been shouted down or if I try to like bring up you know interesting things about the victims themselves mm-hmm. because we flatten them and we're just like oh who cares they were just some random sex workers like it's like well no they were right that's sex workers are people and they're like these are people with a story so each every one of them has a story no (laughs) no um (laughs) anyway sorry um uh that was a deep cut from the pod no that every one of them has a story (laughs) um uh the oh, the ripper was a deep cut too. Oh, that was dark. Um, no, sorry. I'm like really kind of a mind map to get back to where I was. Blind leading the blind. <laughs> she said that um, these men would be like, "Why do we care about that?" Like, mm-hmm. let's and and she would sometimes bring up too on those message boards. Like, it kind of doesn't really matter who your cool fantastical theory is about who the murderer was because they'll never go to prison for it so oh i know you know and like when they discovered the zodiac killer this yeah. past week i was like he's already dead okay friggin who cares right like, i know so he died peacefully <laughs> i know can you believe so um anyways this is a uh, the podcast is just really good it's like dedicated i listened to the one today about um oh shoot what the, one of the old the first ones annie chapman i think was her name um and that was a really, it was a good episode. So I highly recommend that one. That's a good if, uh, it's called Bad Women, if you're interested in Jack the Ripper at all. Yeah, I need to, I need to revisit that. Yeah. It's I, very, very spooky stuff. It is. I also, sorry to keep talking about this podcast. It's really like the sound production is really cool. Like mm-hmm. there's the second, I think, episode is, um, and there's only been three, uh, is like a sound tour of Whitechapel and like. She's, like, over across the street from where we are standing, about 30 feet across the way is mm-hmm. the front of whatever boarding house. And But you hear, like, the sounds when she's talking about stuff, like, on the markets. Like, it was a noisy place and stinky. And she would, like, I don't know. It's just very, like, immersive. I want be- something like that that is not about Jack the Ripper, but that I can listen to when I am high. Yeah. You know. But yeah, like, maybe like an audio pleasant. tour. Yeah. Uh... A nicer content, yeah. Nicer content. Then I'm like, nothing in history that we talk about with any degree of excitement was, like, cute or sweet. No, it wasn't, like, a fun place to be. Like, basically ever. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, a fun moment. what that would be, Mm -mm. you know. I guess maybe maybe we should start... Maybe we should start listening to the Outlander books on audiobook. Oh, oh, yeah, bro. That's a great idea. Yeah. Matter I think, of fact. I think it'd be fun to listen to you since we talk about, like, our goal of becoming basic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's specifically, step. like, one of your goals. We'll just start yeah. listening to, like, one of those over-the-top series, mm-hmm. like your Outlanders. Sure. Like, whatever your... Yeah, I do hope at one point that I'll be an early adopter of a horny... <laughs> <laughs> you just buried it. It's horny, that's right. You know? Yeah. Like... I, I I've been hating outside the club my entire life about this. <laughs> Me too. Like girls they get look, really into Twilight. They well, get, like the graphic design on those kinds of books is just really not. Oh, it's a disaster. It's, not giving. <laughs> it's like an uh, apple. <laughs> right. Well, not only do you talk about Twilight, but just like those other horny series. Awful. You know, awful. Aesthetically, they're not trying to reach <coughs> the discerning. Right. But like, and I guess I assume that the contents of the book will be that way as well, but. Maybe not. I think that's often not the case. Yeah. V- very weirdly. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, you know, like I've seen these women lose their mind over like 50 mm-hmm. shades of gray or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, I, and I've been folding my arms about it, but like, imagine the pure wild, like pura vida they are living <laughs> that moment. Having so much fun. They're having so much fun. Talking like, to their girls about, did you read? It's like a schoolgirls again. Love it. Like consume, yeah. consuming crushes. I love that. People who don't exist. Probably throwing so much more nice nice at their like, yeah, whatever. It seems husband. like a win-win-win proposition to I me. I think so. So I want to, I want someone to know, <laughs> want someone to let me know before one of these things takes off. Yeah. Help me buy low sell. I want a ticket on that rocket ship. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for my pound for pound though, Scotland. Unless someone's gonna like rip off Outlander, mm. I feel that that's the location that would be correct for it me is, for just, a horny series. I think so. Yeah, I don't don't get too attached to the time they spend in Scotland though. I simply won't don't read. Make this, don't make the same mistake I did, sweetheart. <laughs> Yeah, because I go to Paris, right? She, yeah, like, and jumps the Paris time. one's also, like, pretty sexy, f- crazy cool fun. But, but does he they... come through time with her? Or is it the same no, time? No, actually, can I... Actually... Does she find him in another time zone? Let me give you, zone? like, a real quick <laughs> clinic <laughs> on what is happening in Outlander. Okay, please because do. Because your ignorance is showing. <laughs> All I've seen so far is just them getting used to her being in Scotland. And then I think they're, like, falling in love, but... Yes. I can't remember if I've seen them get So Claire yet. and Frank, her husband in the 40s, <laughs> they take like kind of a second honeymoon mm-hmm, to, right. to Scotland because yes. they haven't seen each other for the past five years. Because of the war. war. Yeah. And she kind of whoops the doodles through these magic rune stones mm-hmm. and is taken back to the same lands, but in like uh, the 1740s. Oh, yeah. That's right. 1740s, yeah. And... She has no idea if, how, whatever, she can get back. I think initially she tries to go back to the stones, but I don't know, sweetheart. She doesn't know the rules yet. Right. So she ends up in Scotland, and she stays there for, like, three years. Yeah. So, like, you know, at this point she's fallen in love with this man. They're trying to have a family. She's like, I live in the 18th century now. Yeah. But... She, there's a moment where Jamie might die mm. because he's in a battle that she knows from history he loses. Right. And. Oh, Culloden, yeah? Culloden. Yeah. So he sends her back mm-hmm. and she's pregnant. Oh. So he's, she's in the 40s now and she still loves Frank, <coughs> her like 40s husband. And that's, then they raise that, kids what's his together. face? What's his name? The actor. Oh. Because he was, he played um, Philip. On the crown. Yeah, Tobias Menzies. Tobias Menzies. Yes. Who has something, a little something. He's got a little something. But, like, so they raise a daughter together, and it's, like... But it's the other guy's daughter? Yeah, it's Jamie's daughter. Yike. And they're in America, and she, her daughter's grown, and, like, Frank Does he know that baby's not his? Like, yeah, he okay. and he knows that he she was married to another guy and oh, two hundred years ago. Like he believes her. When she comes back after three years in seventeenth century Scotland or eighteenth century Scotland, is it has it been three years when she gets back to her husband? He's like, I thought, where yeah. have you been, Loka? Yeah, is okay. that and so. <laughs> And so, like, 20 years go by. So and he she's, has to cover for her for three years and be he, like... No, he he has no idea where she went. Okay. There, it's a search party. But I mean, like, at some point when she starts flip-flopping back and forth, he has to just she be does, like... He doesn't... No, she doesn't flip-flop back and forth. Oh, she doesn't ever again? No. So she, she goes back in time twice. Oh. One for three years. Okay. And then... So that during that time, they go from, like, Scotland to France. Yeah. And then back to Scotland. So that's, like, the first two seasons. And then so she... 
um, has to go back to see Jamie. You know what? I've actually told you too much. Okay. You just keep going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I've said, I've said too much. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, that seems like the kind of book where I could kind of just turn it on as I'm going to sleep and just vibe. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. she could probably read 30 pages and what if I really missed, you know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You're Although get, I guess there is a lot of plot. There actually. is some good plot there. I just feel like. I don't know. If it's giving what I'm needing it to give, it's going to be lots of just, like, descriptions of green rolling hills and shit. Love that shit. That sounds you know what awesome. what I love is a description of, like, a stew. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's a freezing cold day and I have a hearty stew like that. Okay. You want to hear something Couldn't that pick a better vibe. Absolutely goofed me up. Speaking of stews. Yeah. And, you know, medieval European foods. Did you know... You know that map that's, like, potato Europe, tomato Europe? Mm-hmm. Neither of those are native to Europe. Oh, no so way. I knew potatoes came over from, like, the New World. But, like, tomatoes did, too. So Italy didn't have tomatoes there until, like, the 1600s, 1500s. So what were they eating? Right. So I was like, excuse me, this is in a Twitter thread. And someone was like, mainly, their their main sauce was basically some kind of fish sauce that they made. Ew. And there's, like, recipes of it from, like, ancient Rome, and people ate that forever and ever. It's, like, so yucky, fermented fish sauce. Yeah, not for me. I mean, sorry, not yucky. I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. It's just, I don't eat fish. You don't eat fish. And I don't I eat did, fermented. I just don't like the, the taste of fish. Yeah. So, anyways, they, um, and then they also just, like, mostly everybody had, like, stews and bread. And that was, like, all you would ever eat for literally every meal. It would be some kind of, like, thick rice and beans kind of a thing. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they got tomatoes. Yeah, I'm so glad. And that they discovered sauces. Spices. Once they figured it out, they went hard with it. They did. Damn. Destroyed the whole world for it, but you know. Mm -hmm. That's a a topic for another day. Another one. Um, So, let's talk about The Young Frankenstein. Yes, so this is... I've seen this movie several times. This was your first time seeing it. All the way through. You know, so I was telling Parker, I was like, I think this is the first time I remember seeing the whole thing all the way through. But then none of it seemed new new or unexpected to me. So I think that I've probably seen pretty much every scene, mm-hmm. but just like in little snippets and not in the correct order. Yeah. Because it's, it's one of those movies too that's like endlessly referenced by yeah. like comedy people. Oh, totally. So I've probably seen them make jokes from it on like The Simpsons even. Right. You know. Anyways, um, this is a fun movie. It's just a fun movie. It's just fun. I get why the boomers like it. Yeah. It's very goofy silly. It's very goofy. Yeah. What you was the, the story that you texted me about last night? Oh, the Aerosmith's Walk This Way comes from this. Yeah. They like were recording an album and they took a day off to go see this and then wrote Walk This Way. And that's because great. Because of Young Frankenstein, which is nutty to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, very simple plot. He is the... <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. Pretty simple plot. He is the um, grandson of the canonical Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. You read that book, didn't you? I never did read Frankenstein. Um, Frankenstein? Mary yeah. Shelley's. I had, to, I had to read that over um, spring break one year in Cabo. Was it good? I actually remember liking it. Yeah. yeah. More than Dracula. Yeah. Um... I think it was just probably... You know, Dracula, the author of that, grew up with Oscar Wilde. Bram oh. Stoker. 
And the, that makes good sense to me. And Bram Stoker's wife um, had been Oscar Wilde's like childhood sweetheart, but like, oh. you know, I don't. Sure. Obviously, he wasn't that into her in that way. We have other inputs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Bram Stoker, I think maybe he was actually even engaged to this girl at one point, Oscar Wilde was, but Bram Stoker marries her later and um, was, like, one of Oscar Wilde's, like, biggest celebrators and, like, defenders when he oh. was in all of his drama. Well, I think he, great. like, sent him letters and stuff while he was in prison or maybe, like, lent him money. Like, yeah. I think he was, like, a good pal. Oh, that that makes me happy it's to nice. hear, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hear about people being nice. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, so, yes, this is... Um, I think we're going to assume it's set in the 40s. Yeah. Victor Frankenstein is called up to Transylvania. I don't remember under what auspices. Uh, it was like he had found out that he had been written into the will to get the house. Classic. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for that like sitcom moment of my life of like, I'm where in the will? <laughs> Your Uncle Ralph moment? Yeah. I, I would like for that to or hit. Not Uncle Ralph. King Ralph. King Did you ever Ralph. see King Ralph? No. It rolls. It's John Goodman. He finds out that somehow the entire linea- or like um, line of succession for the British monarchy <laughs> has all died in the same like day. And it's him. Oh, they're taking like a family photo, I think, and like the camera equipment blew up or something. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> he's like a distant like eighty seventh in line or something, and never knew it. He's just Who some dude like of the some U.S. Chungus. <laughs> And then he gets to go be the king. king. Yeah. That is such a goofy idea for a movie. (laughs) Parker loves John Goodman. Like, he's, like, his actor that he'll see anything he's been in. I do love John Goodman. I love it. And Parker had never seen that, King Ralph. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing it. I think I saw it in theaters with Dad when I was, like, six. Because it was just so stupid. It was, like, such a goofy movie. And, um... Yeah. But where are those movies? <laughs> we talked about this last week. I bet, like, the, the people need that. I need some goofy, low budget, but n- not you, though, Adam Sandler, because he's like, did somebody oh, say I they know. want some low budget comedy? But you know what? He's trying. <laughs> he's been trying to make people laugh. <laughs> carrying the whole team on his back, dude. Kind of, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of those classic, like, uh, real America situations. Yes. You yep. know? But at the same time, I will always have nothing but respect for Adam Sandler. He gave us some of the funniest movies of the 90s. <laughs> truly. Truly. Like, you know. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. It's just funny. But, like, where are the honey I shrunk the kids? Okay. Baby yes. genius. Where it, are these things? It is funny. Remember that one where they um, carpool? Where they, like, drive through the mall? <gasps> Lindsay! Remember that? Yeah! I loved that movie. I tried to talk about that with I Craig, was Rachel maybe? Lee Cook's, like, biggest hater slash booster. <laughs> I hated her for she, briefly because she got to have JTT's first on-screen kiss. Yeah, and Jenny Cobb and I were like, heal. we were like, that bitch, <laughs> better watch her back. You see her out there, tell her to duck. <laughs> y'all were, y'all were like, absolutely going to roll up on anyone who kissed JTT. <laughs> we were. She was, she was the unlucky recipient of our fire for just a brief minute. But then her other choices after that showed her to be a true girl's girl. You know? Babysitter's Club. Yes. Yes. Yeah. These things. Yes. Carpool. Carpool. <laughs> She's all that. Carpool, man. I'm going to take a screenshot so that I will remember. <laughs> there was 
were some good, man, the 90s were a good time. We've fallen into this two weeks in a row, but it's like truly where are my, Barbie Star Vista Del Mar is kind of that. Had to be there. You had to be there. If you haven't watched Barb and Star, it's on Hulu that, now. You know what? Thank you. That is a good example. And like Spy. Right, Spy. Perfect. Spy is a funny, funny movie. Didn't you say it was your number one in the past? Or it was no, like in your top no, ten? No, but it was in my top 20 yeah. of that decade. I think it was even in your top like ten. I think it was like number three. Right. Yeah, because it, it just like... The movie hits every single time. It does what it, it needs to do. It doesn't waste any time. No. The laughs are so goofy. <laughs> The Dan, the Dan Beaches watch. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah, or the like frowning cupcake yes. necklace that she bought. Gives her. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Honestly, they had she barfs over the balcony. <laughs> Does it? Was it? Was it him that sneezes and they <laughs> shoot too soon or they shoot the wrong yes. person? It's like the first scene. Yes, he sneezes and shoots someone in the head. It's funny. Movie's so good, man. Dude, you know what else I had completely forgotten about being so good is Righteous Gemstones. Because that show rules. Well, there was this person, Craig and I were watching something and I was like, I know her. Where do I know her from? And then I was like, oh my Judy God. Judy Gemstone? No, I was like, Craig, it's Denim from Righteous Gemstones. Stones. And he was like, who's Denim? I don't remember Denim. Denim works with BJ at the Eye Center in the Walmart. <laughs> oh the Wiggly Wiggly. <laughs> she, she's the one who Judy calls, accuses of being a benevolent lesbian. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, a promo for season, or I guess I've seen like stills from season two of Righteous Gemstones. So give it to me. It Danny McBride has I got like. kind of like that HBO, he got a, he got a golden deal. And yeah. every, they they like they give him like a moderate budget, and he just turns it into and something he, very funny. He does funny stuff. He does. It's good shit. He he has the humor that people want. Yeah, I guess we should talk about Young Frankenstein though. Oh, I know. We keep going in a lot of directions. We do. But um, anyways, so yeah, he's the grandson of the Frankenstein. He gets there or whatever. How does Inga come to be with him? I think she like comes at the house. Okay, Terry Gar. Hot. 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 Very hot. Oh, and his fiance is Madeline Kahn. Man, funny. She's just so uh, not funny. The lips. <laughs> not the lips. Uh, I'm trying to go to go to a party later. I don't want to smudge my lipstick. Don't touch my hair. I love her. My dress is rayon. <laughs> She's no great. tongue. No tongue. Um, so uh, Anna. Oh, Frankenstein is. Um, oh, you know. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. I know. What's confusing is that Gene Hackman is also in this movie. That's true. That's true. Is he the soldier? He's the blind traveler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Man, Gene Wilder, 70s face, 70s hair. Absolutely. The whole thing, Shug. You don't... The whole thing is that sort of 70s golden color. Was... Were they trying to cover a bald spot with that hair? I can't... Or oh, did they think that was the look for him? I think that, well, I don't know. It kind of was what he did. But it's just everyone like that, had a permanent in the 70s. That, but I just meant like the severeness of that part and how yeah. far over it is. It like, really is. Yeah, he had he definitely had that 70s frizz hair. It's like a 30 degree angle. Yeah. That but that's, started. you know, that, I famously say that's what I want my hair to do. You do want a big, yeah. I want a big 70s. Right. You know. DD pickles kind, kind of, of a thing. Yeah. Thing. Um, anyways, yeah, Gene Wilder is, uh, just couldn't have, couldn't have more iconically 70s sort of a whole thing. Down to the fact that he married Gilda Wilder. Gilda, Gilda Radner. Radner. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. She was his Words. third wife. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I don't... I was... Don't love that. I know. And then on um, children... Yeah. So, I, I'm so judgmental. Oh, my God. Um, well, he'd been married to two different women. Like, the first two wives he'd been married to for, like, seven years each, I think, or, mm-hmm. or a max of seven. And with one of them, um, he formally adopted her child from her previous relationship. I think this was his first wife. And then just sort of estranged that relationship after he divorced her mother. Damn. So she's, like, legally his kid, but he's, like, um... It's a real shitty bitch move. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. he's been married to his current wife for a long time. Oh, he's still so he's alive. Before. Or, no, maybe he no, died. No, he, he died. died. <laughs> Just kidding. He's still alive. <laughs> and he's still with us today. <laughs> I think so he died in 16, right? <laughs> Out of your way to say it. I sure, I sure didn't you believe? <laughs> you know what made me think that, that was acting? <laughs> that was a lie. None of it happened. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Because it seems like he would be still taken. Yeah. But no. Yeah, no, he... I do, I... This is actually um, a sort of inverse double standard I have, is like when I see that an actress has been married four or five times, I'm like, cool. That is the glamour that we miss <laughs> in Hollywood today. That's what J-Lo's giving us. Right. That's why we love her. She's our right. Liz Taylor. And I'm always like, and one day she'll find what she wants. And then when I see it on a man, I'm like, foul. Distasteful. Distasteful. <laughs> Garbage rat. Garbage rat. Um, and that's not fair or cool or kind of me. Actually, but the episode of my Jack the Ripper podcast that I listened to today talked about specifically divorce for Brits. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the U.S. followed a sort of similar trajectory. But it was very, very hard for a woman to get divorced. But they, like, let men divorce their wives for literally whatever. Like, with a wife, if you wanted, if you were a woman filing for divorce mm-hmm. for your husband, you had to prove that he had been unfaithful multiple times and unfaithfulness alone was not... Um, a valid cause. You also had to show that he hit you. Um, but there was like a clause in the divorce laws that was like, if you have been found to have ever been unfaithful, that nullifies your divorce huh. claims. And with husbands, it was you can just say, I just don't want to be married to her anymore. I just think her vibe is stinky. <laughs> so I do. I'm kind of like, if so, a woman, I'm so like, maybe you just were going for greener pastures. We have like inherited reason to believe this. Right. Yeah. So that, that's why I'm like, that's interesting. You know, the past is not as long ago as you think it is. It really isn't. Yeah. So anyways, Liz Taylor, I'm like, very hot, very cool. When you do this many times. I want to address the elephant in the room because, like, you might notice that my eyes have not left the fact that you have an Amway box in here. That arrived on my porch, wrapped in wrapping paper from Mm -hmm. Granny. How did she get mixed up in Amway? Oh, it's one of her neighbor's boxes. I should hope so. (laughs) Y'all have to draw the line at insane old woman. Yes, yeah. In terms of who you're taking advantage of. Right, exactly. Okay, Um, wow. That feels like a very cursed talisman. Yeah, I need to get that out of my house. It's Mercury retrograde. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. You're looking at that so many times a day, and how much is that (laughs) crawling around in your subconscious? Mm, The Amway logo. I, I did not sleep well last night. Could was, be that. There is a spirit in here. <laughs> of unrest. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, dog, I slept like just... Shit. Absolute shit. So did I. I'm glad it's not just me. I mean, I'm sorry for you, but... It's all right. Anyways, um, so uh, where were we in this plot? Oh, dog. Um, Inga... Inga. Oh, no, we got... We started talking about started Gene Wilder about his and his multiple marriages. Um... Anyways, so they, uh, Cloris Leachman is there when they get there, and her name is like Hair 
Bookert. Schluter or something. I thought it was Bukert. That's right. Yeah. I, I, that must be some kind of joke. I don't know what it is. Or is that the name of the character? Frau from- Bukert, I thought. But I also might be thinking of Craig's house mom when he was in Germany. Oh, that's funny. Um, we also didn't talk about Igor because I had some things to say about Marty Feldman, that actor. Um, but let me look really quickly. Uh, Frau, I think it's like Bluchert. I think you're right. I'll look it up later. Anyways, the guy that played Igor, um, I assumed that that actor had like a prosthetic half of their face on and in addition to like a prosthetic hump. But no, the actor Marty Feldman, that's how his face looked um, because he had, listen to this, it was, um, it was, he had Graves' disease, which Grandpa had, that makes your eyes like really um, prominent. Um, but it, uh, he also had a childhood injury, a car crash, a boating accident, and reconstructive eye surgery that all contributed to his eyes looking that way. Things just kept happening. They just kept happening. Like, crazy. But anyways... Um, it wasn't like a one and done. That was like... No, that was like... It, we had four things hitting at you. Yeah, five. That's nuts. Yeah. So he said, if I aspired to be Robert Redford, I'd have my eyes straightened and my nose fixed, and I'd end up like every other lousy actor with two lines on Kojak. But this way, I'm a novelty. And apparently, wow. in his personalized section, it was like... Um, some other co, like co-star of his was like he actually did really well with the women. You'd be surprised because he was I'm like kind of fun. Not. I'm yeah. not. Um, and uh, apparently was an avowed socialist. Wow. And uh, he denoted or denounced Anita Bryant. And was he American? No, he was British, but he lived in America. He was a vegetarian for his whole life. Oh damn. Okay. Anyways, but he died at 48, which was really sad. Oh, that's anyways, somewhere. yeah. Um, cool guy. Dang, it really is wild that his eyes do that. Yeah. But, like, you see, did you see his Wikipedia picture? Like, that's a fit. No, well, I'm looking at his IMDb. Let me go to his yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, he died in Mexico City. Look, there's his Wikipedia picture. Oh, yeah, he looks cool there. Yeah, he looks like a cool guy. Yeah. Anyways, um, and then Cloris Leachman, always happy to have her Man, on my television screen. She is funny. She is funny. They just she don't really make commits them like that anymore. No, they don't. She she will commit. She'll do it. Uh, did you know she died this year? I think I did know that, actually. Man. Oh, God. The hits just keep on. That sucks. Uh, yeah, January 27th. Um, she was cool. What a cool girl. Yeah. Uh, so she, they hear some uh, violin music. It turns out it's her playing it because she's trying to lure them, all of them, in the house down to the lab because otherwise Frankenstein, the younger, mm-hmm. would not have discovered the lab. And he gets down there and he's like, wow, it's true. My grandfather was trying to do all this crazy shit. And then they decide they're ready to attempt it as well. Yeah, he went from being a hater at the beginning to like, I will do it. Yeah. Very quickly. I know why my grandfather did all this. Yeah. So they decide to take a body from a recently executed criminal, mm-hmm. Peter Boyle. Yes. And um, a brain from a jar. How many high school bands do you think there were named Abby Normal? Girl, weren't, wasn't there one near there us? Was one, yeah, there was absolutely one near us. Almost certainly so many. I think probably every town. Every town had, had an Abby Normal. The fact that there was only one Save Ferris that like took off in the 90s is really something. That is surprising, isn't you it? You know? Yeah. That's one of those like classic high school boy kind of things. I just want you to know that they also have seen some movies. <laughs> seen that movie. They yeah. know that reference. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so... Uh, 
the brain that they put in this body comes from a jar that is apparently labeled abnormal that Igor says it's Abby something. Abby, Abby Abby normal. Classic joke. Yeah. Uh, They reanimate the body with the brain and then they perform at yeah, like a talent show. No, he like wanted to like let the town know I've been I've been cooking, and he's like, you might all be afraid. I don't even know if it was a town or like I think it was like a scientific. Yeah, sort of community concert, <laughs> science recital, like a, <laughs> like a world's fair but miniature. It's a town's fair. Like a regional fair. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was like, not a big deal. Brought someone back to life. Reanimated dead tissue. And he's like, but you might be afraid. He's giving his little TED talk. Um, to that, why would you be afraid of this? And then he <laughs> And then they do the goofiest. Putting on the red. Putting on the red. But you know, it's so silly in this movie that it, it is healing for me and my fear of yes, that song. Yes. I wondered how you you did with that. Because, I mean... You tacos. You can't not laugh at... Putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. Tacos version of Putting on the Ritz. Famously, one of the things Molly is most afraid of in this I think life. I actually want to listen to it after this episode. Yeah. The song actually, I'm sad to tell you, rips. It's a great song. It's and you know what? I'm actually ready to like say, I don't think it's the song I'm afraid of. I it's think the it, music video. And you the, should be. The There's video people in blackface. Is scary. Yes, but also, I had honestly, I didn't even know that. I just yeah. remembered the general impression being like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's very spooky. Um, I think it's not that I'm afraid of putting on the Ritz. I'm afraid of the Gilbert Gottfried song, yeah, from Thumbelina, from Thumbelina, that, that cribs yep. that song. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you beautiful yep. baby. Yep. Yeah, that's no. fair. You know what? It's all one big soup in your brain. You know. A weird soup. You can't, a yeah. Floral soup. One, one would <laughs> yeah, say. exactly. Um, anyway, so the the town doesn't really love this particularly. They didn't. The, do- <laughs> the dolls weren't gagging through this, and they decide they want to get rid of toxic and community. Right. And they, you know, head over with their pitchforks and their battering rams, but they use a police officer as a battering ram. Very silly. Very goofy. Very silly, this joke. Very goofy. Um, they twice, I think, in this movie make references to people using their fingers to light things. Yeah. Because that guy, I guess he's got like a wooden arm or something. Yeah. And to light his cigarette, he like lights his finger on fire. <laughs> goofy. There are a lot of wooden arm jokes Yeah. him. Yeah. When he put the darts in there. Yep. Yeah. And then Peter Boyle, when they're, what does he try? I guess he's trying to get him to smoke too. And he's like, you just, or no, it's, it's after, it's after that Frankenstein's monster hooks up with, what's her face? Old girl. Girl? Somehow Frankenstein, the monster. Yeah. Not the doctor. Yeah. Whatever you call the creature, um, lights his finger on fire while attempting to light a cigar or cigarette. But who did he have sex with? He hooks up with, um... Madeline gone. Okay, that's kind of what I thought because I was like kind of moving things around my house when I was watching this earlier. And it's, she's got like the classic Bride of Frankenstein hair. Yes. Yeah, she's that looked cool on her. It did. I do feel she pulled it off. Yeah, queen of severe haircuts. Frankly, she's funny, man. Yeah, she is funny. Um, um, Terry Gar also very funny. I know, and we were talking about this like. 70s female comedians, and I'm sure this is probably, like, the sadder byproduct of, like, you had to be hot to yeah. even register. Right. But, like, they were so hot. They were so hot. All of the women of SNL. Are yeah. you kidding me? No, and the ugliest bunch of men you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> Where do they find the men for that? <laughs> no idea. I mean, they it's... They looked at Lorraine Newman, and they were like, we think you look as good as Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> they saw Gilda Radner, and they said... 
Dan Aykroyd's about in, yep. your, <laughs> in your sphere. That would maybe be a good match. <laughs> and the women just did it. They showed up and they did it. Steve Martin was never on it. Uh, Is that right? He was honest in a lot, but I don't think he was he ever a cast. He hosted it, but he was yeah. never a cast member. Man. That's weird. I love that man. That man I love. I absolutely love that man. I have so much affection in my heart for He's Steve Martin and Martin Short. Charming men. Very cute. Yeah. Their whole thing is very cute to me. I know. I've been watching Only Murders in the Building. It rips. So cute. I wish they had a third friend in that didn't suck. That wasn't. Chevy Chase. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, they're not friends with him. I know. That's the point. I mean, like, they were always, like, franchised sort of together. Oh, well, there was Three Amigos, and then what else? That might be it. That might be it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do... That was such an iconic film. Right. And like, it does, I want them it to does have feel a... nasty for it to be like, you two stayed camp best friends and you didn't call your other friend. Well, but Chevy but Chase is But I think the thing terrible. is that Chevy Chase is a jerk. So... He's so rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Man. I love Steve Martin. That's a good man. It's a good man. Very cute. Uh, anyways... Young Frankenstein, anything else we want to say? I can't, like, give you any texture on what the time was because we don't really know when this was supposed to be set. Yeah, I, I'm the, my best guess about the 40s, the reason I said that, partly was the filming style, but partly was the um, train scene where they're, like, saying goodbye before he gets on the train to go somewhere. That felt, like, very, like, a 40s moment yeah. that happens in movies, so... Yeah, again, that's that, true. Again, that could have just been the stylistic choice, but it's like, it reads very much like it was happening at that time. Yeah. Man, One this, thing that we got to discuss is why did they put so much mascara on this man? They really did, didn't they? It was, it was four black spikes. It was very clumpy. That is wild. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so I read some interesting things. Okay, I'd love to hear them. Um, one is that apparently... Uh, Mel, or sorry, Gene Wilder wouldn't be in this movie unless uh, Mel Brooks agreed not to be in it. Why? They wrote it okay. together. Okay. And Mel Brooks liked to make a cameo in every single one of his movies, and Gene Wilder was like, no, 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 it's going to take people out of the moment. Mm. He was right. It. He was right. I think he was right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, apparently when they were writing this together, they got into a huge screaming match, and Mel Brooks, like, slammed the door on his way out, like, all this stuff. And then, like, when he got home, he called Gene Wilder, and he was like, hey, I heard a crazy man in your apartment earlier. <laughs> you going to handle that? Oh, and by way of apologizing. Yeah, Gene yeah. Wilder was like, that's kind of just as much as he's going to apologize. Yes, yeah, man, yeah. man. That's uh, funny. Yeah. I wonder whose side I would take in that argument. Mel Brooks. That's from my suspicion Sorry. as well. It, You're married to Anne Bancroft very, very say, happily. Anne Bancroft speaks volumes on your behalf. Hot. Hot. Hot Anne Bancroft. <laughs> she was in um, The Graduate, was she not? Yes. Famously. Hot. That movie. There's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason. It's, it's a good movie. It's such a good movie. Yeah. She and Mel Brooks were married for 41 years. That's cute, man. Until her death, yeah. What are you going to do about that? That's just a cute couple. That's cute. She was 5'8". Hot. Hot. That is a hot girl height. She is one of only 24 thespians to achieve the triple crown of acting, which what is, is that? Uh, two Golden Globes, two Tonys, and two Primetime Emmys. Oh, and an Academy Award. So I don't know which one's the triple crown. She's also gotten three BAFTAs. I mean, come Shit. on. Okay. Hot. But she and Mel Brooks, what a cutie patootie couple. I know. You gotta love it. Back in the olden days on my Pinterest, you know, back when you would just, you'd just share whatever. You'd just yeah. pin whatever. Mm-hmm. I had some cute picture of them um, 
when they were like probably in their forties. And she said something about like, I love hearing his key in the door at the end of the day. Cause I just think now the party's going to start. And I was like, <laughs> man, I know they had fun together. You can, t- you can tell in yes. like a couple chemistry. Yeah. Man. Franco Nero and Vanessa Redgrave, my one true <laughs> pair. <laughs> I am absolutely like, I think I sort of started my period today and I was like, that would explain everything. <laughs> the most like, uh, like, pure family concepts just make me cry these days. Oh, I was very emotional last night, as I told you. Yeah. Like, just thinking about our family. Oh, Our family yeah. of origin. I know. Got all in my feelings about it. I see couples that have been married for, like, 50 years. I think, like, just the concept of it now makes me cry. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's very sweet, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, where's it going with this? I mean... Anne Bancroft and Melville. Yeah. I'm yeah. like... Got, Love to hear their like you know I was in my feelings about how long Goldie Hawn. Oh yeah, and we Russell, did. We talked about them um, glowingly for a few. Kurt Russell have been together. You know, yeah. it's just sweet. It is sweet, and they've got these real beautiful kids. It's me like I've been watching Love on the Spectrum and just literally. Every oh my episode, god, I gotta I'm get like, going on that. Love is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get going on that one. I finally started Sex Education season I, three. Yeah, I have not yet. Man, I love that show. I'm, I'm every year. I think I have to talk myself into trying it again. I feel that because I did. I came out and I was so excited about it, but I like hadn't made the time to start watching it. Yeah. And it's just every single season. I mean, there's only this is only the third time, but like they get me back into it so quickly, and those characters are so sweet. Yeah, they are. Like Amy is my bimbo queen. I love her so much. You do love a Gemma. Gemma. Type. Yeah, she's she's very cute. Mm-hmm. She and her boyfriend this season have a commitment animal. Uh, which is a goat and they bring it to school and like their teachers are just very like like she's like sir the goat has to have a wee Wait, like they like got a like a pet together yeah a commitment animal wow yeah so cute Damn. so cute i love it anyways uh i guess what should we watch next week oh dog some kind of halloween something definitely gotta be halloween right gotta be halloween okay you want to pause yeah <laughs> all right so uh since we paused uh, and I also confirmed via our spreadsheet that we have not watched this. <laughs> Every time I'm going to ask. It's Dorian Gray with Colin Firth. Firth yes. thinks Firth. Firth thinks Firth on the realist. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch that just for him, basically. And I think that the star of it is, is that Ben Barnes? Yes. Um, he's recently been on Who Weekly as a topic of discussion. What so did he do? He released uh, music. He's trying to be a musician now. Is so it super bad? It's not as bad as you would think, but they were talking about how just, like, hooey the whole enterprise sort of feels. What was that song? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love when a sentence starts with that tone. Uh, That Who Weekly talked about. Gosh, you remember Yumi and Hannah Smith used to laugh at this all the time? Oh my god, Watsky. The yeah, Watsky but, what, thing. but how did they even get to Watsky? I can't remember. Like, it was like someone I'm ripped him off. I'm gonna have to go off. watch it. Uh, yeah. Or listen to it. That... Friends, if you if you don't listen to that podcast, but you are curious, there's an episode from what 2018 must be 2017. Yeah, uh, look for the Who Weekly episode about Watsky. It's a, an absolute classic, I, and we were crying, laughing. Yeah, I, I couldn't handle it. It was very goofy. God, I love that podcast. the The cast for this movie next week looks fantastic. I'm in. It's got Rebecca Hall. Okay. Period. Fiona Shaw. Girl, Girl, come on. Uh, ben Chaplin. Yes. I recognize the face. He's one of Nicole's boys. Okay. Rachel Herdwood from Perfume. Who did she play in Perfume? The girl. The main girl. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Ben Barnes, obviously. Damn. Yeah. 
Anyways. Okay. All right. Uh, anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, nah. Nah. All right. Um, bye. You'll have a great week. See ya. Bye.